You're listening to Know, Like, and Trust by Stampede Digital Systems. As a pioneer of the Know, Like, and Trust movement, Stampede guides listeners through the marketing process with real-life examples of successful individuals. Today's show highlights a business owner who offers a valuable service, making a powerful impact on the world. With your host, Troy Campbell. Hello, everyone. We're so excited that you've joined us again for Stampede Digital Systems No Like and Trust podcast. I'm so happy to introduce an amazing guest we have today. She's a great example of the title of our show, which is No Like and Trust. It's, it's all about we who are attempting to build our businesses, who are reaching out, uh, maybe we're building an organization, we're trying to enlist other people into our cause. That's what the No Like and Trust podcast is really all about, is interviewing and hearing the stories of those who, like us, are attempting to do just that and helping people to know, like, and trust them. So without further ado, let me introduce to you uh, Patricia V. Hayes. She's an executive advisor, a career empowerment coach, and an authentic network uh, networking strategist. Um, she empowers professionals to up-level their careers during transitions by creating personal career plans, uh, building strength in professional networks, all while remaining true to their core beliefs and values. She's a licensed attorney of 26 years, and she's practiced law and served as a legislative consultant at the local, state, regional, and national levels. So just an amazing, accomplished woman. Thank you for joining us today, Patricia. Oh, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> All right. Um, so what we'd like to know is your story. You know, give us the, give us the dirt. We want to hear it. No, just... <laughs> Tell us how did how did you become get into your position and what what's been driving you and your vision during this as, in your career? Yeah, so I'll tell the clean version, not with the dirt, because you know when you've had a career and you're a lawyer, there's certainly some dirt to be told at some point in time, right? So we won't do that part. But <laughs> but uh, hey, I'm a lawyer. I'm allowed to make lawyer jokes, you know, poke them at myself. So I mean, I'm, I'm the best at it. Um, so the story is that I truly had always wanted to be an attorney. Um, I knew that I wanted to help people and that I wanted to use the law to do it. And so that's what I decided on when I was like 11 years old, true story. And I didn't know where that was going to end up. And when I started though, I also grew up around a community of family and close friends who valued education very strongly. So by the time I got to, um, to law school, I decided I wanted to do education law. Had no idea what that meant. Didn't even know if it was a real thing, but I, that's what I decided I wanted to do. And luckily back then it actually was, but it was very much a niche market. It's not as, it was not as developed as it is now, um, because education law is really a compilation of different areas, employment, contracts, labor, a whole bunch of things. And so when I started out, I also had connections in the legislature. So when I was a college student, I had my first mentor, who I'm still in contact with, what is this now, 30 years later, um, she worked for the then governor, and she showed me the ropes. And so by the time I got through law school, literally, 
um, between her relationships, and this is why I feel so strongly about networking, which I'm sure we'll talk about later, but the relationships I built through her and graduating law school helped me so that when I graduated from law school, I graduated, um, got my law degree, um, had a job straight out of law school, doing the legislative work, and my my the, the uh, folks I worked for then they basically got a twofer because I had my law degree and I already had legislative background at from being a college and a and a um, law student and so they were like yeah we'll hire you because one way or the other we're going to get enough a lot of work out of you wow and, and so that's how things got started and just down through the years I've done a combination of having the pleasure of representing teachers I've worked in K twelve I've worked in higher ed. I've done a lot of policy work. Um, I've worked for state senators and a lieutenant governor, all of that. I've had a very, I used to call it very, um, I, I won't say dysfunctional, but definitely very varied experience that all started coming together and making sense for me and allowed me to use a whole bunch of different skill sets until about 10 years ago when yet another transition time period had me, you know, move out on my own, which is not something that I was necessarily planning to do, but, um, you know, it allowed me to use the experience I built up and the connections I built up over those years to, you know, go start a lobby practice, you know, partner with some guys, you know, learn the ropes that way, um, and then pivot yet again in the last five years where I started shifting to doing more um, coaching, executive advising, and more of the work that I'm doing today. So that's the quick and dirty version. <laughs> I um, uh, you, what, What's the first name of the mentor that you had in college? My first mentor, Yvonne uh, Knight. Yvonne, well, thank yes. you for helping Patricia get to where she's at because she's a blessing to the rest of us. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I, I do. I, we still keep in touch. It may be random once or twice a year or it could be several times, but... If those are what real relationships are all about. Absolutely. Absolutely. That, uh, I, I love how, you know, you, you called it dysfunctional and it's this journey that you've been taking to get yes. to that. And, and I, I, I don't know, I think that probably resonates with a lot of us that we're bouncing around a bit. Yes. Well, and the thing that's always unique because lawyers think about it, in most, quote, traditional things, you think, oh, I'm going to do a law firm, I'm going to go do this, I'm going to practice. Well, I knew after my first year of law school, I was not going to practice in a firm. I knew that was not what my path, I had no interest in it. If I did, it was going to be a small boutique thing. And I just knew it wasn't. My passions were really around helping people, being an advocate and education. I just didn't know what that looked like. And for me, I knew it meant it was not going to be a law firm. And so I just had the freedom and the people around me to support exploring what that looked like. And quite frankly, having an excellent uh, background and an awesome law school, um, Pepperdine, that I graduated from that literally allowed me to build a program so that I could test the rank. My, my last year of law school, my Last semester, I actually spent working in the Texas legislature because of the externship program that they had. That is amazing opportunity. I bet you saw it. I, there are probably things there that you just, that no one else, we don't even imagine that you learned. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was really interesting because when I started my first job, 
I literally, because what happened is, and this is that thing about taking the, you know, whole, the, the, taking the bull by the horns, that's the term I'm looking for, and taking advantage of opportunities, because that particular semester was when they were rewriting the education code during the interim. And I basically got to sit front and center during the rewrite of the education code before the legislation, uh, the legislature started. So when I started my new job that fall, I already had more knowledge and experience than most of the experienced lawyers I was working with because they didn't get to see that upfront and personal right then. And that was the other thing that made me, you know, very valuable to uh, my first job because they're like, even if we don't, they hired me to do legislative work while they waited for my law degree, for my um, bar results to come in because they already knew I brought value to them. Right. That's amazing. Yes. What a, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Did you have fun doing that? I mean, it sounds to me. Oh yeah. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I, well, it was that part of being an advocate that most people don't think about because people, when you think about lawyers, they think about people in the courtroom. And what people don't understand is lawyers in the courtroom is just a very tiny piece of being a lawyer. A lot of lawyering happens behind the scenes and um, combined with other things. And so for me doing it in the, from a legislative policy perspective, it gave me a, a leg up because as a lawyer and the training that I had and how I was taught to think, that helped me to be able to do things that people twice my age without the law background couldn't do just because I was able to approach the work from a completely different mindset uh, from day one. Yeah. And I can see how, how those experiences are really serving you today. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you, you were looking at the guts basically of this education system and how all of this intersects. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I can't listen to most news these days because of the little 30 second blips. And uh, I, when I was uh, when I was working in the legislature, my my family forbid me from watching the news because, you know, they the 30 second blip did not at all accurately describe what was going on. Because and I knew this because I was in the room when some of those decisions were being made. So, you know, they were like, you're not allowed to watch this anymore because it sets me off. <laughs> It's it's a big trigger. I know. I I yeah. I I feel the same way. So I'm like these issues are very complicated. Um, there's uh, on every every aspect of it. There's people who are struggling to figure out the best. It, it, there's inspiring parts of it. There's ugly parts of it. Yeah. Thirty seconds just isn't enough. Yeah. Well, okay, so I so so you're going through and you're doing this, and now I'm interested in this transition. Yeah. Was that a fun transition? Uh, No, it was not quite fun because the transition to working, going to work for myself was not planned. Because, you know, as I just described, I worked in and around politics. And so by the time I got to that, to that last uh, position that I worked, where I was working for another organization, um, you know, I, I had a pretty high level position and it was very political. And so you know, you know, political transitions happen. And at that time, though, I had, I honestly had already known that there was something next for me to do. 
And people would be surprised by that because if they know that, and you can see all this on my LinkedIn um, profile, that that type of position that I had, you know, at the time, I was like 41 years old. I basically had a position that people 15 and 20 years my senior would have at that age. And that's literally the job that a lot of people would like retire from. Uh And I had it at that age. And I was like already like, "Mm, if some things don't change, I think I'm going to have to go find another gig. And so I was already there when all the, you know, you know, uh, office politics and that kind of stuff started happening. And so that just urged me to really like, okay, figure out how to happen. But I also had a very young family at the time. So that kind of makes even the most adventurous of us a little skittish by the time you get to that. Okay. And, but it, you know, but it happened. Um, it takes some time to get over, but I learned a lot from it. And that's one of the things I share with people. Because here's the thing, throughout my entire career, and this is what helped with the transition, I've always been a huge advocate for personal development. So I was always pursuing, you know, getting professional development if my office would pay for it. If my office wouldn't pay for it, I'd pay for it myself and I took off the time. So I was always reading. I was always going to conferences. I was always leveraging that knowledge. And that's really what I relied a lot on when I moved from working for an organization to going to work for myself, uh, reaching back um, out to contacts that I had. Uh, You know, when you're a lobbyist like I was, you literally get paid to be nosy. I mean, that's the job. And so that also made me a little bit nervous. So I reached back what I call several circles. You know how when you have a circle and there's, you know, you have an onion, right, and the layers? Well, I reached back what I call several layers because I wanted to be able to get some advice from people I trusted, but with not from people who were so close that they might accidentally go spill the beans and say, hey, Tristan's looking for a new job, right? And what I learned from that was that there are always people out there that have your best interests at heart, even when it seems a little rough right now, and that they are willing to help you. I actually got chastised by one old boss who I reached out to for not calling her sooner. And so it's amazing, um, the people that I reached out to. And so that is something that has always stuck with me so that as I move forward into the what was going to be the new thing. I thought it was going to be a temporary thing. So while I was literally trying to say, okay, you know what? I guess I'll go start my own thing for a little while while I find, until I find the next right gig. Um, what happened was when I went back to one of those people that I had reached out to to go ask them to connect me with their legislative office, because I was trying to get a legislative, a lobby contract. They're like, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. I was like, no, what did I do? He's like, no, I need you to help me because he knew my background. So he knew um, that as a lawyer, I understood the legal side of education policy, but he knew I also understood the policy. This is why this was relevant. They were an organization that gave away millions of dollars in funding to education-related programs, but they had to write these these, uh, agreements, and what the problem was was that the legal team inside their organization would write the uh, agreements too strictly, and they were afraid it would scare off their grantees. Meanwhile, the program people wrote them too soft, 
So he literally said, I need you to come in and be the translator between the two departments. That was my first, um, my first job, my first uh, contract was literally serving as a translator between the program department and the legal department because of my unique skill set. What's his name? Jacob. Jacob, thank you for seeing the value that she has. And that is true value. I'm trying to figure out contracts. Oh my gosh, being too strict. Yeah, that's beyond my brain. I I would just go in fetal position if I had to that response. The thing is, somebody because I was like, I've never done that before, and they're like, Yeah, but you understand how both sides think, Mm -hmm. and that was what the value was. And so what my, the thing that actually I loved the most, one of those memorable moments for me was after that summer ended and I did that first set of, that first set of agreements, one of the lawyers from their side came to me privately and said, oh my God, thank you so much. Because she said, I honestly had no idea what we were going to do with those things. (laughs) I love it. What a wonderful, wonderful story. Oh, that is so inspiring. Um, you know, we, we you know, I look at it, I go back, just listen to your story. I think of that 11 year old, uh, Trisha and her, yeah. and, and, and what, what you've been kind of driven to was to be that, to, ha- to be that person that you saw that you wanted to be. Yes. Yes. Even though I didn't know exactly what it looked like, I knew I wanted to help people. And I wanted to use a legal background to do it. Mm-hmm. And literally, that's what it's allowed me to do. And so I literally, I got asked just the other day in something. They're like, oh, what kind of law do you practice? I'm like, or no, they were actually asking me like, oh, do you still practice law? I said, well, I don't practice law in the traditional sense as much anymore. I do pick up a few cases here and there because of people who know my background. But really, you know, the thing that people get the benefit of without you know, ever, because it's a part of who I am. It is a part of the fabric of who I am is that mindset and that ability to process tons of information and then flip it so that it can give you the strategic direction that you need. Like, I can't turn that off. And so my clients today and people I work with, you're always going to get that because that's literally just the way I think. Right. Yeah. That Because that personal improvement is everything no one can take that from us right yes investing in you're you're about to get me on my high horse but (laughs) the value in investing in in yourself too many people wait for their office to pay for something or to to get permission um to go invest in themselves and you can't do that sometimes you have to take the leap and do it yourself absolutely Absolutely. You owe it to yourself. We have one life. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I, I've found um, my own ignorance frequently has been a large uh, cause of suffering, <laughs> unnecessary suffering. So, so I, I, th- I, think, I think it's a, a wonderful thing to struggle and strive to learn more and become better, become more of a more clear version of ourselves, whatever that is. Yeah, and a lot of that, you know, you use the word ignorance. Sometimes that's that. Most of the time, it's just fear. It's just being scared mm-hmm. of the unknown. It's le- legitimately what it is. Right. And 
that can send us into, you know, where we just get stuck. And you're too scared to do anything. You're too scared to make a good decision. You're too scared to make a bad decision. And you don't do anything. And meanwhile, opportunities pass you by or things because you've become so tunnel vision and that fear has wrapped you up. And so all those wonderful skills, all that knowledge gets trapped until you really have to bust past that. And I speak of that not just because of some theory, I'm speaking of what I know, because making some of those transitions were really, really tough, but they had to happen. And it's just learning how to recognize that sooner. It's not ever going to go away. You know, it's a journey. If you're, if you're growing professionally, it's, it is a journey. And so you will continually have to face it at some point in time. There'll be peaks and valleys. But you just have to know that you're preparing for the next, you know, for the next up cycle. Yeah. Yeah. And, and um, I used to be a financial planner um, with American Express. And one of the things that I noticed with my, uh, with my clients was that um, if we were in a good economy, there was this presumption that the economy was always really good. If we were in a bad economy, there was this presumption that it's always going to be bad from now on. Yes. And, yeah. and, and, and it really instructed me because I'm like, oh, you know what? There is, just because it's really hard right now, doesn't mean this is going to be this way forever. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, and that's so true right now because convincing people and reminding them that this is a cycle. This one's highly unusual and it's very difficult because it hit so quickly. But what they were thinking, you know, is like people think, oh my gosh, this pandemic caused the recession. No, the pandemic didn't cause the recession. The pandemic, um, uh, what's the word, that made it come a little bit faster and helped it along. So we're already in that, that, you know, that, that cycle. And so here's the thing. Remember that some of the most um, successful businesses that exist today that did not exist 10, 15, 20 years ago came during a downtime. They were created during a downtime. And uh, I have my own coach. And one of the things she's been pressing and reminding us to keep pushing forward in our businesses is that we need leaders who are willing to press through during a downtime and to help to make things better. And so it's not the time to pull back in here, but rather keep pushing forward because guess what? There are people out there who need to see that there is a light at the end of the tunnel and how you can contribute to making that happen. Yeah, absolutely. So, so now um, I, I want to know a little bit about this, um, the networking strategist that you're doing now and, and tell yeah. Because uh, I, I think there's a lot of us that would really love to know more about that. Even um, towards the close of the show, we'll, um, we'll ha- maybe let you tell us how to get a hold of you. But how does how does that work? And so um, it's my it's my little system that I developed. And when I re- sit down, sat down and realized what it is I was doing down through the years. And so and I call it authentic networking because most of the time people have a negative viewpoint of networking you know they treat it like it's a four-letter word and it's not um it can be if you're doing it wrong right if you're doing uh, approaching it from the perspective of what can i i'm going to this event i'm going to this person because i need something from them i want something from them well yeah that helps people feel a little slimy right 
But if you're going and interacting with people with the, with the purpose of, let me see how, who I can meet, how I can help them. And because when you offer to help someone else, the natural inclination is for people to try and say, oh, well, hey, you know, let me know if I can do something for you. Right. And so when you do that and then also continue to build your relationships and nurture them, as opposed to just collecting business cards. I was telling someone the other day, I don't even own any business cards right now because I ran out and I never replaced them. But that's because they're not crucial to me interacting with people. I connect with people much more in a much more focused way by trying to say, you know, say, what can I learn about you? What are the things I'm going, you know, what are the things you're interested in? And literally keeping track of those things so I can follow up with them. Because whether it's immediate or long-term, when you are nurturing a relationship, as we should all be nurturing our professional relationship, is that people will remember that and they come back years later. And all of a sudden you have someone literally will drop in your lap. Like, well, so-and-so told me that you were good at X and can, you can help me. And I'm like, I haven't talked to that person in three years, right? But it's about the relationship that you establish. And it takes time. And so what I remind people when I'm working through that is number one, about being consistent, about following up with people, um, about not being slimy, because if you act slimy, you're going to get slimy, right? But if you want to, you know, build good relationships, you have to, what I call net give, like give, think about how you can give and help. And then what happens is when you're doing that, you don't have to connect with a thousand people. You only have to connect with a handful because when you connect sincerely with a handful of those people, you are also connecting with their networks. And that's how you build a solid relationship, relational network that where you can tap into something. I have people I probably haven't talked to in two or three years, but I know based on the relationships we have that if I called them saying, hey, can you direct me to X, they would take my call or they would answer that email, right? And those are the things that we really want. And so one of the things I've been dealing with people right now, because people are like, we can't network right now. We're, you know, all everybody's in lockdown. And my theory is if you have a laptop, if you have a computer, if you have a pen and a piece of paper, you can still network because it's about connecting with people. Yes, yes, yes. And, 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 I, and I, one of the things that I love about that is, is everything you're talking about is the know, like, and trust. Yes. Um, yes. Be, be knowable, be likable, be trustable. And then, and, you know, I mean, then everything will flow. It does flow. It is absolutely about flow. Knowable and you're not likable and you're not trustable, then it might not flow as much as you want it to. <laughs> <laughs> So, so yeah, I think, uh, you know, in the end, every business really survives and thrives when it can provide value. Yes. And, and so I think the greatest value always is starts from the top and making sure that people are served. So I love, I love your, your outlook and, and your system. And that's, what's beautiful. I love Di Stampede Digital Systems is the official name of our company. You know? uh -huh, uh -huh. We don't use market or use systems because when you can do something systematically, strategically, you know, that's where that empowerment comes in. And, and I love that that's what you're about. 
Yes, yes. I tell people that, you know, when I followed, especially when I went out on my own, because I didn't have an office where I had tons of people coming and going, right? So that meant I had to create that. And so I was pretty crazy about the system that I put in place. When I was telling someone about this the other day, they were like, oh my God, that's crazy. But I literally would be like, I have to meet, uh, so one way or the other, I have to connect with 10 new people a week. And then I would actively schedule coffee or lunch three times a week. And I did that month after month for years on end. And I got to, and I would literally write down the names of the people I was connecting with so that I would know who to follow up with. And I would do that. And when I would get to a point where I feel like, man, things are a little quiet, I could go back to my business journal because I keep a journal for all of this. I could go back and tell you and pinpoint where I fell off because that's when I stopped reaching out to people because that flow gets cut off. And so I had to get it back going. I don't keep it as stringent today as I used to because I've been doing it so long. So I can kind of just really go with the flow. But every once in a while when I fall off, I will go back to that hardcore pen and paper version and keep track because that's how I know I need to um, keep, uh, get on track. And, and that's one of the things I teach people how to do. It doesn't have to be as intense as that. It can be as, t- as intense as you want to, but it's about putting the system in place to continue to uh, feed those and nurture those relationships. Oh, beautiful. Patricia V. Hayes Consulting, you've, got us, you've given us gold today, pure gold. <laughs> Yay! So, so, oh, so during our, so during, so thank you for that. During this um, podcast, uh, we've got to know you, Patricia, and like you, dare I say, love you and trust you. <laughs> thank you so much. How do we get a hold of you? Well, the easiest way is you can go to my website at patriciavhays.com or just plugged in on LinkedIn. I am on LinkedIn. Make sure and do Patricia V as in Victor. Hayes, because there are a couple of Patricia Hayes out there. But if you and if you go and you click, here's the trick to making sure that I accept your invite, which is tell me that you heard about me on this podcast, and I will automatically connect with you. Um, because I'm very protective of my network. And I don't let people come in because there are people out there who will abuse it. But if you tell me that I know where you came from, and you're automatically in. Thank you so much. It's been such an honor talking to you. We're so grateful. Thank you for having me. It's been quite great. You have been listening to Know, Like, Trust by Stampede Digital Systems, a part of the Stampede Podcast Network. The questions from today's interview have been adapted and simplified from the powerful marketing tool, the Sales Site Blueprint. To learn more and get the full set of questions to start your business on the Know, Like, Trust path, download your free Sales Site Blueprint today from stampedeweb.com that's stampedeweb.com until next time this is be rich signing out